Shame. 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 Hey! We're recording the podcast! Shut up! Good morning to you, wherever you are, because it is... What is the word for February 9th, 2024? With me sitting right over there, shame on her, shame, 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 say hey to Ashley. Shame on both of us, Ashley. Look, I, okay, I I deserve that one. So we're, we're, we're kind of reeling in shame over here because we shared a story yesterday that was utterly and completely, as of this point, as far as we know, inaccurate. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we, we are... We, we are guilty of sharing misinformation. Nope. Sorry about that. So, oh, yesterday I shared a story. I thought it was a funny story about um, a bunch of toothbrushes um, being used in a DDoS attack uh, or DDoS attack. And it turns out that um, it's that did not happen. Um, and how it initially got out is apparently down to a translation error. So... Uh, there was this um, this uh, Swedish security forum Fortinet, and they had uh, done an interview and used this as a hypothetical, and then it ended up um, being translated into an article in English on I think it was maybe Tom's Hardware, um, the, and it sort of lost the theoretical nature and became a report that three million toothbrushes um, were were attacking websites or companies. Um, so, uh, Tom's Hardware since updated their story, they quoted Fortinet as explaining to clarify the topic of toothbrushes being used for DDoS attacks was presented during an interview as an illustration of a given type of attack and is not based on research from Fortinet or FortiGuard labs. It appears due to translations, the narrative on this topic has been stretched to the point where hypothetical and actual scenarios are blurred. So that's, that's, that's me. I take full responsibility for that and I apologize to everyone, I let you down. I let myself down. I let the team down. I let Mush the Cat down. I deserve the shame, shame none. Uh, I would like to say that I stand behind my story of Sydney Sweeney's backlot activities, though. I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to go on record that I stand behind that. <laughs> yeah, but I want to point out to your toothbrush story, an interesting thing happened because when you were telling the story yesterday, but I was saying, how would that how would this happen? Like, how would they do it? Like DDoS attack, uh, toothbrushes. Anything that uses data could technically be used in enough quantities in order to force a DDoS attack. And somebody posted on the subreddit, uh, Shazinator, uh, I know I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, posted their uh, data usage and said that their Oral-B toothbrush is their highest usage of data uh, for their phone ad blocker. Blocks the most ads and trackers from their toothbrush. And it had, <laughs> I don't know what the period is here, but it says it's blocked 314,000 ads or trackers from the toothbrush, their ad blocking software. What would that possibly be? I mean, that, that's a lot of data about teeth, man. That, I, I don't even know how uh, a toothbrush stores or would, would like, what is it going to say? Like, they didn't go the full two minutes. <laughs> Was it telling on you? So we had a lot of comments about the uh, uh, Marvel multiverse. Um, in particular, people were talking about how the multiverse has existed in Marvel for a really long time. I don't remember this as a kid. I was um, when I was a kid, DC was the multiverse comics because they had the series Crisis on Infinite Earth. Then again, I stopped reading comics probably in the mid to late 90s. 
and I know they rebooted almost everything in the Marvel Universe. The closest thing I can think to a multiverse uh, like timeline would have been like some of the stuff in the X-Men, but it was more like Terminator alternate future stuff with the character Cable, who's now in Deadpool. And then there was uh, like a son of Phoenix and Cyclops, or excuse me, son, daughter of Phoenix and Cyclops, who was from an alternate future where the Sentinels had taken over. They covered a lot of that stuff in the movies, too. Um, but I went back and looked at it, and uh, the first mention of Earth 616, uh, which is the variant of the Earth that we know in the Marvel Universe, that was actually from a UK comic uh, featuring Captain Britain back in 19, like 82 or 83. Um, which is crazy that it goes back that far. So I was kind of shocked to see that. Also, people actually were, they said that you cut me off when uh, I was going to tell you what my shortest job was because I said it was the shortest I ever lasted <laughs> and you started laughing. <laughs> that was uh, actually still funny. You were, you, I have to admit, you were a little bit of a victim of editing. I actually cut that story out because I'm sure I've told it a thousand times. Uh, but for me, it's a couple of weird things. I have a really long track record of working in like one place for a long time. Before I worked at Rooster Teeth for 17 years, uh, I worked at the company before that, the tech support company, telephone company. I worked there for 13 years. Um, and I pretty much worked in only two places through my 30s and all the way, you know, 30s, 40s, and almost all the way through to my 50s. I only had, I didn't have two jobs, but I worked in two different places. So I really haven't had a short job. No, but when you were a teenager, I'm sure you had shorter term. Well, jobs. I had the one I talked about yesterday, which got cut, uh, was that I was in a clinical rotation uh, and it wasn't really, I was in a department for like one day, an emergency room department, and I had a really like bad experience. Not like anything bad happened to me, but I witnessed some stuff and I, I realized in that moment, uh, I am not cut out for medicine. I, I can't do this, at least this version of medicine, but it was definitely when I look back at it, the moment when I switched from a medical career to a tech career, which then somehow evolved into an entertainment career from there. Yeah. Looking back, that's when I made the big shift. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the last thing for follow-up, uh, went and looked in the, when I was talking yesterday about Disney plus, uh, talked about how it launched and it was kind of a deep pockets move. I felt like I went back and looked and neglecting the fact that they, at some point added an ad supported layer Disney Plus launched at six ninety nine uh, U.S. dollars at launch and is now up to thirteen ninety nine. What is this like? Three years later, four years later, um, that they they're now double the price they were when they came out. So they do have the ad layer. It did, but um, even before though, even before they launched, do you remember the when they announced Disney Plus at um was D twenty three whatever that event um they they were doing and making all their big announcements at uh I. There was you could get a deal if you if you signed up before a certain window where I'm pretty sure it uh yeah here there's an article here on the verge that you could get Disney Plus for four dollars per month and you could lock that price in for three years. So you could get it as low as four dollars a month. And that was like, oh my god. Yeah, but even that period now has passed. It, it, yeah, you're you're right. That was that was um that was definitely like a deep pockets move. Okay, just looking here, uh, Disney Plus launched November 12, 2019. So it'll be five years this year. It's just over four years. But yeah, we're just over four years at this point. And so they have, you know, a lot of things have gone up in price. Uh, yeah, but Disney has doubled in the last four years. Okay, okay, on to today's stuff. Ash, how you doing? Yeah, doing great, doing great. Lots of fun stuff uh, to talk about that is... Um, doesn't involve toothbrushes. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, that popped up uh, yesterday that I was really wanting to talk about um, is that the 
Academy Awards uh, have introduced an Oscar for casting, which I think is something that has been needed for a really long time. And this is yeah, the f- overdue, I'd say. Yeah, overdue. Definitely, I would say. And this is the first Academy Award new like major category that they've introduced since they introduced Best Animated Feature. Um, so it's been a long time since they've introduced something new. Whoa. But I think a lot of people would agree that, you know, when you think about your favorite movies, a lot of times the thing you think about is how the hell did they put this cast together? Like, how did they find these people? I was just thinking about this the other day uh, when I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not one of my favorite Marvel movies. But man, I got to admit, it was really well cast, even down to like Bradley Cooper, of all people, playing Rocket. That was incredible. Yeah, it is one of those things where I think Marvel, it's to some degree, it feels like a a gimme because a lot of these characters have become so iconic and things like uh, like Ryan Reynolds's Deadpool feel like, you know, too easy. But the 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 Chris Evans and the Robert Downey Jr.'s, they've taken these characters and made them. So, like, I can't actually imagine anyone else in the role. You'll occasionally see headlines like, oh, they were talking to uh, Tom Cruise about Iron Man, or that's who they initially were, you know, were, were trying to get. And I, I can't picture what what Iron Man would have looked like. I can't even, like, the, there's no way that Tony Stark is anyone but Robert Downey Jr. to me. The, the casting can really make or break a movie, I think. It can be hard to separate, though. Like, when I think about my favorite movies, it's kind of hard to separate the casting from the movie itself. Like, when I think about Best Picture, you know, maybe it's just the way they market movies, or it's the reason why they market movies this way, by using the actors' names first, is I think about the cast, you know, and I think about the synergy between the cast and think just how amazing it was. Like, things like Fargo and, you know, Big Lebowski, those are both... uh, Coen Brothers movies, but it's always the cast to me that makes the thing happen. And so it'll be really interesting. I wonder how, what the criteria will be for nominating that. I guess it'll just be experts in the field of casting going, holy shit, how'd they get all these people in one room together? And it's also tricky because I, I feel like one of the um, more subtle arts of casting is getting not just the right people for the role, but the right people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the the full picture. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's really tough. I can tell you when I've whenever I've cast projects, it's kind of like it's like throwing a party. It's like a like a group social setting, and a lot of the conversations you have during casting feel a lot like that because the reason why you're talking to the people is because they're already interested in the material, right? They've already probably read the script or they're familiar with the reputation of what you've done. And they're willing to have the conversation to work with you. But then inevitably, inevitably, the conversation happens of like, well, who else is coming to the party? You know what I mean? Has anyone else said they're coming? It's because once a big name gets involved, man, that really makes things happen. Once you put together what they call a package, I mean, uh, a project can just soar through development at that point. And it might take years to get to that point. But it can take the right package, am I right? <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is wrong? With you? Okay, so I'm gonna talk about. Okay, I'm gonna talk about Halo since you're talking about packages and everything. So, do you get did 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 talking about what talking about packages? Well, you the, in episode one of season one two. One of your complaints about Halo season one was that Master Chief was nude, uh, and a lot of people had complaints. It was always it's interesting. A lot of the complaints about Halo season one. Now that I'm thinking about it were about how much armor Master Chief was wearing at any given point in time. Either his butt was out or he his head was out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he, he took off his helmet, people got mad. 
Uh, I can say that I watched the first episode of season two, Sanctuary. I loved it, and I want to be clear about this. I'm absolutely biased towards Halo. I love Halo. That should be completely obvious to anyone who's followed my career. But I would say if you go watch, if you want a litmus test for it, go watch the opening credits for Halo season two because they changed some things in it. If you like that and you like the tone and the feel of that, definitely give the show a chance. And it's not going to matter, I don't think, if you've watched season one. It's kind of hard to separate that once I've got season one in my head, you know? Uh, but they thought they did. I tried to watch it like I was watching it as though I hadn't seen season one. And I thought they handled all the characters really well. Even some of the confusing characters, like there's this essentially like a space pirate. Um, you might like that actually, cause it feels a little, that part feels a little bit like the expanse. Um, uh, and they okay. cleared him up. Yeah. Now you're, you're speaking my language. Halsey without spoiling anything is kind of starts in a really cool place at this point in the story. There's only one character that I think is a little bit confusing. It's a female character. If you watch the first season, you'll know the character I'm talking about. She's pretty mysterious. Maybe they do some more with her in episode two. I haven't watched it yet. But that's about it. I mean, really, Cortana, Halsey, Chief, the other Spartans, the action, everything feels so much Halo. That's And I think that's the best compliment you could, you could pay it, is that a lot of people were missing what was core halo. And I think they're really hitting it so far from what I've seen in season two. And Ashley, you're going to be very happy. There was no, no tight end was shown. So Taylor Swift did not show up on a Pelican (laughs) to visit (laughs) increasing her carbon footprint. They're they're just waiting. They're waiting for a Sunday to get the tight end out. Uh, No, that, so do you think that, uh, that, Theoretically, does it feel like they took um, audience feedback uh, on the first season or does it feel like they maybe saw how well um, some more faithfully adapted video game properties uh, were accepted and thought, well, maybe we go a little bit more true to the source material this time? I have no clue. Um, I know that nothing is made in a vacuum these days and no one is more vocal than, you know, the what do you want to call it? Geek culture. People who are heavily invested in video games are very, very vocal and they would have to be blind and deaf to have not experienced that. And it would be impossible to think it wouldn't shape them. That being said, weren't they the halo season one was the most viewed show on Paramount plus, at least it was the last time I checked. So when you're in the number one slot, you kind of don't have an obligation to make big changes. And I think people outside of halo seem to really like the show a lot. Uh, But for whatever reason, I do feel like, and all the feedback I'm reading online mirrors this, Halo fans are really excited about Halo Season 2, and I'm one of them. I'm really excited to see where they go from here. I would say if you watch the first 10 minutes of it and you're a big Halo fan, I will stop talking about this in a second. If you're a big fan of Halo, that first 10 minutes, it feels like it takes place aesthetically in the era around like Halo 3, Halo ODST, like it feels like that, like a lot of the marketing campaigns that they put out at that point in time, the look and feel of that, which gave you this impression of a much bigger Halo universe, it feels like that. And I'm really enjoying it so far. That's great. I'm glad. I'm really glad because it's it's a good property and it's a show that I feel like deserves a good adaptation. It deserves to be a good adaptation. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, you know, the way everyone has a different feel for how they think master chief will move about, you know, in the weight of master chief. 
this definitely felt a lot closer to me to how I think, especially when Master Chief is like running out in the open. It's 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 impressive to watch these Spartans just book it across an open plane. It's really cool. Great. Well, worth checking out then. Great. Well, on a related Halo note, um, we talked a little bit uh, earlier this week um, about some of the um, ongoing Xbox rumors that some Xbox exclusive titles may be coming to other platforms like PlayStation as well. And I didn't call it out specifically, so I just want to make sure that I do that, that uh, Halo is one of the titles uh, that's in circulation in these rumors, in these discussions about potentially coming to PlayStation 5. So beyond expanding to Paramount, uh, Halo and Master Chief may also be getting uh, more coverage um, by going to PlayStation. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I think a lot of Xbox fans don't really care at this point. You know, um, if you look at what the Sony exclusives are, they tend to be mostly huge single player campaigns, stuff like God of War and Last of Us. They don't really tend to be that on the Xbox for what few exclusives they do have. Even stuff like Sea of Thieves is a huge multiplayer environment constantly online. Uh, Halo is, yeah, has a great campaign, but the long life cycle of Halo is the multiplayer. So if it goes out to other platforms and other consoles, I don't see how it hurts it in any way whatsoever. Um, you know, Microsoft just, if Starfield, I think is a bigger thing. If Starfield goes over to PS5, that's more of an indication that, you know, someone is losing an exclusive experience. If Halo multiplayer, which already has crossplay with PC, I believe, uh, if that if that goes to PlayStation, you're just expanding the people you get to play with. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel the same way? Are you like, how, what do you think about this? Uh, I think it's more uh, an overall ecosystem thing, to be honest. You're right. I don't think that there are a lot of uh, Halo players out there that are like, oh, if only uh, I had known, I would have gotten the PlayStation 5 instead because a lot of the Halo hardcore players are probably the, the online multiplayer types who are con- coming back to it. And this is... Purely my opinion, but I feel like Xbox has always had a much stronger online execution uh, and all, a multiplayer execution than PlayStation. I remember, oh God, um, playing um, online. It was PlayStation Two, and they've improved over time, but they have a very different philosophy for how online ecosystems should work than than Microsoft and Xbox have had. Is I remember uh, individual publishers would host all their own servers. And so uh, they were never they were never consistent. You'd have uh, maybe different accounts for different games that you'd ha- need to have. You would have all these different things. And to some degree, we're seeing a little bit of that come back with uh, some games requiring like, oh, you need an EA account for this. You need um, a Ubisoft account for this thing over here. But overall, I feel like Xbox has, you know, a... Uh, consistently had a more streamlined, cohesive, and frankly, easy to manage online and multiplayer um, execution. I heard an interesting take on Fortnite, not to get on too much of a tangent, uh, where someone was talking about how Elon Musk is trying to convert uh, X into the everything app, which is where you would run all your finances through it. You'd have all your social interaction through it, kind of like WeChat in China. He's trying to make that for the whole world, but specifically at this moment, the U.S. probably or the Western world. Um, and somebody pointed out really weirdly, I never thought of it this way. They said, oh, that's what Fortnite already is for teenagers. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
because Fortnite's had like concerts. Uh, they have crossovers with tons of huge IPs. You know, Disney just sank a billion and a half dollar investment into Epic. Crazy, crazy billion and a half dollars. So yeah. they're um, they. Yeah, so they, they've bought this huge um, equity stake in Epic Games, um, and they're saying that they're going to be working with Epic on new games and things, but we don't know how separate those games are going to be. They could very well be uh, like Lego Fortnite, where it's almost like another mode in that game, and it's like you just go off into the, you know, basically their equivalent of the Disney Dreamlight Valley, where all the Disney stuff is. Uh you know who who knows at this point, but you're right. It it does feel like Fortnite just sort of folds every anything and everything in, and so far it's working for them. Oh wow! Look at this news update just came in. This is breaking news. This was just handed to me, Ashley. Look, I have just paper handed here. to you. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney is going to be a tour guide in the Disney app you just announced. Wow, good for her! Congratulations, <laughs> Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for us for today. That does it for us for the whole week, Ashley. It's Super Bowl week, and we talked about Taylor Swift a billion times and never talked about the Super Bowl. Who are you picking in the Super Bowl this weekend, babe? Um, name a team. Any team. Who's playing? No, no, no. Just name I'm, a team. I, I tell you, uh, here's here's who I'm cheering for. I'm cheering for the Deadpool 3 trailer. <laughs> and I will be rooting for SpongeBob, and I'm going to root for the Kansas City Chiefs because... Uh, I haven't had an NFL team in a long time, but when I did, they were AFC, so I'm going to root for the Kansas City Chiefs. So good luck to both teams in the Super Bowl this weekend. We will be back to talk to you on Super Monday. We hope you'll be here as well. Bye, everybody.